Hey, yo. Welcome to season two of Everyday Encounters. Can you believe it? We had a whole season. I surprised myself, to be honest. <laughs> but it's your boy, Timothy Leron. And first, we have views on the news. This week is serious and very much touched my heart. Like, not in a good way, though. All week we've been hearing about the tragic incident that happened in Midtown at Northside Hospital. Countless times, I'm sure we all turned on the TV just to hear about the shooter. But really, I want to focus on his victims, though. So, it was five women in total that were harmed during this heinous event. Four of the victims are still alive, and I wish and pray for their speedy recovery. According to like the documents and everything, Daniel was shot multiple times in the abdomen. Whitlow was shot in the arm and Glenn was shot in the abdomen. Four of the victims are still hospitalized. And then we have just one. This victim, however, died that day. And her name was Amy St. Pierre. She was a 39-year-old woman that worked for the CDC, passionate about the work she did. She was a daughter, a wife, a mother of two, the middle sister to two brothers, and a great friend. With everything that we hear in the news, with with these countless deaths and everything like that, and even just losing loved ones, period, um, it really made me want to talk about bereavement this week. We all know that losing somebody can be hard to cope with, especially the fact that time doesn't stop for anyone. So it's constantly going and going and going. But still, yeah, you just had this really tragic event happen to you. And so when we lose someone, we have to grieve that loss. And it's okay to mourn them as well. A grieving person needs a lot of emotional support. Finding the support can be a key to the person's recovery and acceptance of a loss. By the way, y'all know I get a lot of my information from articles that I find online. So you will see a link to everything that I talk about today. Because this, this shit was so good from somebody else I just had to share. So American Cancer Society says that grief includes the entire emotional process of coping with a loss. And it can last a long time. So like when you see people going through something, that's really probably not the time to be like, you need to you need to come on and pick it up. No, let them grieve. Let them grieve. It says that during this time, many different actions and emotions and expressions occur that actually help this person come to term with the loss of a loved one. So let people go through their shit. None of us experience grief the same way. And every loss is actually different for everybody. It doesn't look or feel the same to everyone to be in mourning. So now we got to see like, what is mourning then? Cause I mean, we all heard the term, but till I did like this research, I really didn't know what it was. So mourning is how grief and loss is shown in public. The article says that this may involve religious beliefs or rituals and may be affected by ethnic backgrounds and cultural customs. Rituals of mourning, like seeing family and preparation for a burial, provide structure to grieving. So when we're grieving, like these are things that we should be doing. Although I know it may not feel like you want to do it, these things actually put some sort of border on what we're going through. Because anything left untamed is just crazy. 
So make sure we're still doing this stuff, the article says. Often, like during this time, we can be numb. And that's what will make us be like not wanting to go through these processes and these um, levels to this grieving. But we really got to. We have to, even when we're numb. So then let's define the title of this episode, Bereavement. The article says that grief and mourning are things that occur during this overall time period of bereavement. So bereavement is really the encompassment of both of the two terms we just talked about earlier. And it's a time when a person experiences sadness after losing a loved one. And that's a no brainer, right? But grieving a loss doesn't only have to be through death. It can also be an emotional loss too. A grieving person, I was just saying, has to, and this is from the article, must travel the entire road to recovery. Everything has a process. And this process has to be done at your speed. So I was like, now we know these terms, but what are the signs? Because, you know, we always like to try to figure out people and stuff like that. So what are what are the signs that maybe I'm grieving. Medical News Today, an article that's entitled, What are the Stages of the Grieving Process? says that these can be defined as shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and acceptance. So now you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just diving deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into this grieving, bereavement, mourning, this whole topic. So I got to define these for you now. Shock is a numb disbelief in response to the news of a loss. So usually this happens to stop the person from feeling numb. It's a body reaction. It's It's a natural reaction that we have to protect us. Then we have denial. This stage entails the person refuting the reality of loss or any associated feelings and it actually helps manage the immediate aftermath of that loss of course if you've ever grieved anything or anyone you know this one there's a little bit of anger an individual may express direct anger towards the person they lose or people involved like doctors family members or religious entities it's really important to address this anger because left unchecked, anger is a very strong emotion. Going on, we have bargaining. It involves thoughts such as, I do anything or give anything to take this pain away. It may come once or many times during the healing process and it's often accompanied by guilt. Depression is the feelings of emptiness and intense sadness. So like you'll notice a person withdrawing or yourself withdrawing from daily activities, people and things that we once really enjoyed doing or being around. In this process next, we have testing. Testing is gonna be the process of trying to find solutions that offer a means of dealing with loss. This is when you're gonna be going out, maybe trying new things, going out maybe seeing new people or being in new environments developing new skills or hobbies or just some self-care this time can be tricky to me right so you have somebody who's just lost a 
I don't know, something that meant the world to them. Because that's the only time I grieve. If, if something means the world to me, I'm gonna grieve about it. If it don't mean that much, it's like, mm, it's a L. But you have this person that's mourning this really, really powerful loss. And there's so many temptations. Remember we talked about being numb. There's so many temptations that can allow you to like feel numb or revert back to numbness during this phase. Because if you're testing, like maybe your test was going out to the bar or something and getting a drink. After you got drunk, maybe had a good time. Who's to say that you won't always revert back to that during this testing phase? Just so that you could feel numb. I think you really have to be careful. We have to be careful. I have to be careful to make sure anytime I'm grieving, not to go to things like partying, <laughs> having a drink, and like stuff like that, drugs in general, because it could become a crutch. So that just goes along with what the article was saying that a person may drift in and out of other stages during this time because this testing can trigger you or trigger something that makes the morning a little bit worse. So you gotta be careful during this time. That's all I'm saying. Next is acceptance. This is the final stage of grieving and I think is the most freeing thing because now you're not necessarily okay with this loss, but now it's like you've accepted that there's a new reality and you understand that life will not continue on as it did. That sounds really like bleak and everything like that, but it's actually a really freeing feeling because the alternative is sitting there still wishing something or someone was still there when there's sad to say nothing that will bring them back in physical form so we have to really work through all of these phases you have to go through every single one to get to the last and there is no set time on how long you can be in any stage or in the whole entire process in this stage two you might start reorganizing roles in your life of people and things and places and forming new relationships and that's okay because sometimes don't we feel like maybe a little bit guilty don't don't feel that guilt stay in acceptance stay in acceptance with me because time moves on when a person starts like going through these stages for a very long time, this becomes something else though. It's called complicated grief. Complicated grief can really just be anything that's not normal from what people perceive to be normal grief. I have quotations around normal grief because really what is normal if everyone is different. But that's what the article said. So the signs of this is continued disbelief in the loss of a loved one or emotional numbness of the loss continuously. I'm not gonna read through all of them. Once again, the article link will be up there, but some of the ones I really, that really stuck out to me. Um, they're unable to enjoy good memories about their loved one. They may excessively avoid reminders of their loss. So like you, you got that person 
or you yourself, me in general, when I've mourned someone, I find myself skipping music. <laughs> Makes me think that up. That's extended mourning. That is complicated grief. So if you notice any of those signs or any of the signs that are in the article itself, it's important to seek professional help for ourselves or encourage somebody else to do so. Now, talked about all of these things that make grief, all of these signs that would tell you that this person is grieving, but some tips for overcoming this grief. And let yourself feel the pain and all the other emotions. Don't tell yourself how to feel. And don't, don't let somebody else tell you how to feel. It's okay for you to go through all of the emotions you have. They're valid to you. Be patient with yourself in the process. Please don't beat yourself up. Nobody beats you up harder than you. At least that's what it is for me. There is no guidebook to mourning. Nobody can tell us how to do that. So we have to acknowledge the feelings that we have and don't lie about it. Don't make it seem like everything's all peachy when it's not. Don't overplay the situation either. But I mean, I don't think anybody overplays the situation when they're mourning something or someone. In this complicated process, that is probably one of the hardest things to do in life. You also have to then try to maintain your normal lifestyle, which is hard as fuck to do. Because really all you want to do is sit there and replay it and think it over and like try to see maybe where you fucked up or where somebody had you fucked up or why this happened to you, especially if it's death. Don't make a lot of major lifestyle changes this is all the article is saying. You may not do everything, but don't go get a new job. Don't don't move to another state. Don't don't start doing no illicit drugs. Don't do that. You need stability during this time. That's one of the pillars of getting over grief. People, places, and things that are good for you will still be good for you during this time. So don't cut it off or run away. You have to, have to, have to. And it's like, I don't know, some people, maybe if you've never grieved, might be like, forget. But you have to not forget to take care of yourself. That means getting up, taking that shower. That means cleaning up your beard, your facial hair, doing your hair, brushing your teeth, putting on something nice, cleaning up your space. You can't forget to do that. Avoid drinking too much or using other drugs. That's what I was just talking about a couple minutes ago. It really could become a crutch. And you gotta forgive yourself for the things you didn't do or say. Because, I mean, you can't do them now again with that or that person. And that's just going to beat you up more when you're already going through enough. Other tips was like join a bereavement or support group, which I think can be really good. That's not something I've 
ever done when I experienced that or felt that. And I think it's because, you know, like, I got this feeling in my head, like, oh, I don't want to do, like, group therapy or, like, something like that. I don't know, a support group. We all talk about our shit. Like, nah. I just, uh, but, I mean, it, the article says that it's a good thing to do. When you feel ready, do something creative, like write a letter to the person who you lost. Start keeping a journal, make a scrapbook, paint pictures, plant flowers or trees. Involve yourself in a cause or activity that the deceased loved one, I guess, enjoyed. Because I didn't, I don't see the, the word after it, but... I guess that would be good too. A lot of times when I have people around me that lose somebody, that's what I tell people to do. Do something that they like to do to remember them. It'll make you feel better and it might make you feel like closer to them. That is yet to be one thing that I have tried. But God forbid if I do have to experience or grieve again, I'm gonna try to remember that. The article gives helpful tips to follow if you're helping someone mourning, like some things to say and maybe some things to do. And that's all towards the end of the reading that I was recapping today. Once again, you can follow the link for these articles found on cancer.org in this episode's description. So most importantly, if you believe someone is thinking about suicide, don't leave them alone. Try to get the person to get help from their doctor or the nearest hospital emergency room right away. If that's not possible, then call 911. If you can safely do so, remove firearms and other tools for suicide as well. I'm telling you, this grieving process, mourning and bereavement is some tough shit. Like, don't underestimate it. That's really all I have for y'all this week. And although I started making this podcast because of what I saw in the news, I actually found out that like there's time periods where these words were applying to me. So it was I really enjoyed like finding the information for this episode. But I am so sorry because I sound so congested and I am. So I bought some Claritin. I hope I fixed that. And my voice is a lot better next week. Or the next time I do this, because I'm, I'm finding like it's hard for me to do the times and stuff like that. But that's all I got for you. I'm out. Wait a minute. Yo, as always, you know I get my background accompaniment music from Soundstripe. So if you like what you heard, go check out Sandbarsh and Luna Ray. All right, y'all, for real, with my congested ass, I'm at.